Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing wonderful. For those of you who are here for the first time, welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. Today, we're answering questions that you ladies submit to me. And we have a question from Melanie who asks about how she can navigate the dating world after contracting a venereal disease from her ex-husband. So go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with. And let's talk about this. First and foremost, Melanie, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I can't imagine what it's like to trust and be in a loving marriage and then have not only infidelity happen, but contract a disease. So I'm so sorry that you've experienced this. However, you did mention that there were red flags that you did not pay attention to and you sort of overlooked them, which caused you to have to experience this. And that's something, ladies, that's just so important that you do not overlook even when you're married, but especially when you are dating are the red flags of certain things that can point to possible issues in the future. And I do have a video on red flags in dating that I hope you can watch to help guide you with that. Now, in terms of your question, when it comes to dating, it sounds like you're dating these men and then you tell them that you have this disease and they start treating you differently. So my first question to you would be, how soon are you revealing this information? Because when you're dating, it's important that you sort of conceal anything that's personal until you know it's someone that you truly are going to form a relationship with. There really is no point in revealing this about yourself if it's just going to cause you to feel hurt, shame, um, dishonor, or for people to just sort of throw you to the wayside who you weren't serious about in the first place. Okay, You don't know them, but you're having random strangers hurting your feelings. So I do think it's important, and of course, this is my personal opinion, to wait until you know know that this person is someone you truly do want in your life long term. And then from there, you can reveal that information to them. And I know some of you ladies might think that it's wrong and that you should kind of just put all your cards out at the beginning when you first meet someone and let them know everything about your life. But it causes us ladies to go through rejection for no reason. It causes people to have a lot of information that they can use in the future to hurt you with if they're not someone who truly has the character and the empathy and cares enough about you to be gentle. But if you are dating someone and you find that you're in a place where you can see this person being someone in your life long term, they may be more empathetic to your feelings, not to say that they won't still decide to stay away from the relationship, but they'll be more careful with how they treat you because they've already formed that attachment with you. They already care about you as a person. They're probably more interested in hearing about your pain and about what you've experienced, especially being that this came from a marriage. And I know that this is something that comes up, obviously, because if you're with someone, you probably are going to be intimate with them and you have to, you should reveal anything about yourself that could put their health in jeopardy. But that comes back to the issue of having some sexual sobriety, especially when you're dating for reasons like this. Okay, this did happen in marriage. However, when people are sleeping around and dating around, yeah, the chances of getting a venereal disease is very high. And so sex really should be saved for the person that's going to give you full commitment. So it really should not be impacting your dating life anyway, unless you are having casual sex with people or are interested in doing that. 
And my dear, more importantly, your spiritual life is going to drive your dating life. It's going to drive your whole life. So I want to ask you, do you have a spiritual life? Are you able to pray and talk to God about your problems and figure out whether or not you should be dating right now or you should be healing right now or if you are truly attracting the kind of people that he wants in your life moving forward? Not only is prayer important for just your overall health, it's important to have faith. It's important to have a faith life for this particular situation that you're in, because this is a devastating situation. And it's one that a lot of people find as a dead end or they feel hopeless, like no one's ever going to love me again. I'll never be able to get married. I'll never be able to date because I have this disease, which is not true. Okay. When you look at the statistics and the research, oftentimes people who are in situations where they have a venereal disease are able to be in relationships with people who are okay with it and just kind of know how to move around it. So it's not a dead end for you at all. But it is necessary that you are in faith so that you can possibly be healed. Okay. God is a healer. And because he's a healer, it is possible for you to get healed of your venereal disease in a supernatural way. Okay. Not everything always has to be done through like the systems with medicine and doctors. And yes, that's obviously a wonderful route. But when you are in the spirit, you know that there's also an alternative for you that you can get healed without having to do any of those things through your relationship with God, through having a relationship with Jesus. So that's why I always say that you must, must, must tap into your spirit side because you are spirit. Essentially, you are a spirit living in a body and allow God to heal you spiritually and physically. And in order for you to get that level of faith, that kind of faith, you do have to do things like be in your word and just hear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing people talk about healing, listening to sermons or reading books and that listening to sermons or reading books about healing and allowing yourself to build up enough faith to believe that that's possible for yourself. But so many people have been healed supernaturally of things much more intense, and that can be done for you as well if you're in faith. And in addition to that, having faith for God to send someone into your life who will truly love you and respect you, okay? Getting enough strength as a person to believe again that that's possible for you. Because when you're dating, if you have this sort of like secret happening within you, it is going to be difficult for you to truly feel safe. Because at some point, like looming in your mind, you're anticipating this conversation at some point coming up. And so it is hard for you to relax and to be free if you feel like when you reveal this thing, things are going to change, right? So just keep that in mind. You know, everyone has a right to who they want to date and everyone has a right to know what your situation is, but you should protect yourself as a woman and wait until you're with someone who you are truly serious about. Have God guide you and ensure that this is the kind of person who would be willing to work through the situation with you before putting yourself out there, especially in a sexual manner. So I hope this answered your question and I hope that you have lots of blessings and favor upon your life and your dating life and you are able to receive your healing for this disease and live a beautiful life.
Now, we have a question today from Diamond. Dear Dr. Michelle, First, I would like to thank you. As someone who grew up with a psychologically abusive mother and little to no feminine role model, I so appreciate that you take the time to make a podcast like this where women can listen and learn to be better and more feminine. Now to my question, I have recently found and started getting close to God after years of being an atheist, doing drugs, drinking heavily, and even dabbling briefly in the adult entertainment industry. I've been reading the Bible and loving it, and I even tried going to church this past Sunday. The overall experience in the moment was pretty positive. I felt a little out of place and lost, as I've never been baptized and I don't know the prayers being read, but I made it through. The issue was after. After leaving the church, I had this uncomfortable, sinking feeling of dread, along with the urge to drink and use drugs again. I've been sober a little bit over a year now. I prayed to God and fought the urge. So I was wondering, is this a normal feeling to have when you're beginning your relationship with God? Is this the enemy trying to distract me from being closer to God and wanting to one day get baptized? Or is it God trying to tell me that maybe this isn't for me? I'm not sure that I want to return to church after this experience, but I do feel as though God has been calling to me for a long time. I want to make sure I'm making the right choice when it comes to all of this. I'm feeling very overwhelmed and would like your advice. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for your question, Diamond. I think it's such a blessing and it's so beautiful that you have turned your life around after going through everything with your mother and just getting pulled into the world in terms of drugs and alcohol and adult entertainment and not having a spiritual life, okay? Being an atheist, that's major. So I'm just so happy. I'm so elated to hear that you were brave enough to take the call when you felt like God was pulling you into a certain direction and trust that this could be something for you. So I want to address the issue of you going to church and feeling this sinking feeling, right? This is something that happens to a lot of us. Okay, after we have been called out of that darkness, out of that old sinful lifestyle, and we start to make ways and getting closer to God, yes, the enemy is going to try everything to bring you back down, to bring you back into his world, to his realm. Okay, he knows those who are called by God and he he knows those who are called by God. Okay, and so this is a very normal feeling. But first and foremost, when you go to a church, Oftentimes you do feel a little bit overwhelmed, especially if you don't have any spiritual backing, you don't really understand the Bible, but it's good that you're at least going. And it's important that you also look at like what kind of church you're going to, making sure that it aligns with God's word, because yes, different churches do have different things that they preach and teach. And sometimes they're not even Christian churches. So do have to kind of be careful with that. I don't know what kind of church you attended. However, After you left, when you started to feel like doing drugs again and drinking again, that overwhelming feeling does come from a spiritual influence. We live in a spirit-filled world. Although we are humans, we are spirits living in a body, it's a spiritual world. So there's a lot of spiritual activity always going on around us that we cannot see, but we often feel, right? We feel these things. We feel these feelings of like depression or anxiety or pulling to do things like drinking and smoking and all these things that 
we kind of feel like we're being pushed in or influenced by. And that does come from Satan. That does come from demonic activity. And unfortunately, when you've been very heavily involved in things like drugs and porn and and things of that nature, you have opened up yourself to that. And because of that, it is a little bit more difficult at times to get that off of you. But it's absolutely possible. It just takes you being resilient. And you did the right thing by, first of all, praying and asking God to help you, right? And I know that it made you feel a little bit scared because you don't want to keep going through this feeling after you've been sober for so long and feeling like you're being under attack. But that's essentially what's happening. You do have everything inside of you that it takes for you to overcome it, though. And that's what I want to encourage you with. Because you have been chosen by God, which is something that is hard to explain how a person can feel that way. But when you do have a spiritual urging to get close to God, to know God, and you're just kind of pushing it away, that's a sign that God has chosen you. And God has chosen everyone before the beginning of time. So typically you feel like you're choosing God, but really he's already chosen you. And that's why you feel that feeling. So it's important that you don't ever dismiss that or think that it's not for you. You have been chosen. And in the scripture, it says that many are called, but few are chosen. So a lot of people are called, but a lot of people don't answer that call. And so few are chosen. And that is truly few. There aren't that many people who are willing to turn away from their lifestyle and give their lives to Christ. That is very difficult to do because we enjoy living in this world and everything that comes with it. It's hard to say, I'm taking a different path. It's also important for you to know that whenever you hear the word, the devil will try to steal it from you. This is whether you have been in Christ for 20 years or for one day, the devil will always try to steal the word from you and make you feel like you're a bad person or you don't deserve this, or this is not for you, or you've done too many bad things to ever be loved by God, or all the horrible things that come into our minds and we think that we're telling ourselves. Really, it's the enemy talking through your thoughts and try to convince you to stay on his side, basically. But Satan and God are not on the same level, okay? Just because you have influence from demonic things does not mean that there is a war in that sense. God is on a whole nother level. He is so much greater than Satan ever is. Satan's on the level of like angels, right? They're on the same level. But God is on a much higher level. As long as you have that spiritual connection, as long as you actually give your life to Christ by basically changing your mind, okay? Changing your mind, and that's what repentance means. Changing your mind and saying, I don't like this lifestyle I'm living. I don't want to do these things. I want to give my life to God. I don't agree with these things anymore. Whatever God agrees with, I agree with. Whatever He disagrees with, I disagree with. That spiritual turnaround is called repentance. And once you do that, then Jesus can really come into your heart. Then the Holy Spirit can live inside of you. So when you talked about kind of getting baptized and that kind of thing, that's when the Holy Spirit, God, baptizes you. And it's not necessarily the water baptism. It's a spiritual baptism. And at that point, you have God inside of you. Once you have God inside of you, it is so much easier to fight through all of these sorts of temptations and regressions and things of that nature because you have God helping you inside of your body. Now, 
it's not to say that once you become in Christ or Christian or whatever you want to call it, it's not to say that you don't have these issues anymore. You're going to always have that because you're constantly being renewed. You're constantly being transformed. It's not an overnight thing. It takes years and years and years. So you will still have to fight those temptations, but they won't be as desirable to you. You won't be as interested in doing it. You'll be more interested in living a life that pleases God. And this process that I'm talking about is called salvation. Okay. That sanctification process is called salvation. And when people talk about salvation, it's not just about believing in Jesus and and just like being a perfect person. No, it's not really about that. It's really about saying that I'm switching from this kingdom to the kingdom of God. And with that, sort of salvation package, you get God's protection. You get cured in terms of being cured from sicknesses or being sort of like shielded from sicknesses or danger or violence and things of that nature. Your spirit truly becomes reborn. So you become a different person. As I always say, you are spirit living in a body and you have a soul. So you as a spirit become a new spirit, a new person, because God's spirit is now part of your spirit. So this I know might sound like a whole lot, and I'm actually thinking about doing a completely separate YouTube channel that focuses only on spirituality and kind of help anyone who is kind of getting into that process of knowing God to just break it down and make it a little bit more simple because it can be overwhelming to just jump into a church and just sort of, you know, go along with all the things that are going on when you don't have a personal relationship yet. But that's what's the most important thing to God is to have a personal relationship. Going to church, yes, you should meet up with people, you know, who have the same beliefs as you do, but it's more important that you have a personal relationship with God, that you talk to God, that you read your Bible, that you try to do what He asks you to do, and that you just have a heart for Him, that you just love God. I'll be honest with you, those people who really are like on fire for God in terms of having their heart posture towards God are some of the... (laughs) The things that these people have done, including myself, in their lives are like unbelievable. It's unbelievable that God would even say, okay, I choose you to represent me. And you just think that there's no way, there's just no way, like after all I've done, like how, why me? But that's the people that God tends to like using. He tends to like using the people who really understand the world, have been through a lot, have experienced a lot maybe on the other side, to help bring those he loves, which are people who sin, which are all of us, but those he really loves back to him. And you, my dear, are his daughter. And I'm so proud of you for wanting to come back. And I'm so proud of you for doing what it takes, even though you don't understand it. And I know that in time with prayer and with seeking out the kingdom of God through listening to people on YouTube and time in your Bible, you will become the person that God created you to be. And you will be free from all these influences that are trying to stop you from getting there. Today, we have a question about femininity and whether or not femininity is a weakness. Thank you for your question, Shayla. So in short, is femininity a weakness? Absolutely not. 
femininity is your superpower as a woman. This society likes to make it seem as though being feminine and the traits that feminine women carry are negative things. Because in this society, we're all about getting things done and working hard and being assertive and doing things without, you know, taking the time to take things in and running over people and competition. It's all very masculine energy, especially like in the workplace and things of that nature. When we think about the traits of femininity, we're talking about being open and vulnerable and loving and supportive and compassionate. Okay, these are all beautiful traits that we as women really should embrace in every aspect of our lives. And is there a point where maybe it's more important to use masculinity and masculine traits? Yes, it is important. Okay, we don't have to always be in our feminine. But if you are someone who operates more in your feminine energy, does that make you weak? It actually makes you strong. It makes you stronger in a sense that it takes a lot as a person to be able to have that quiet strength to listen to something that maybe you don't like and refrain from arguing or cussing the person out or doing things that take away from your sort of docile, loving self. Now, I'm not saying that those are masculine traits because they're not. They're just kind of wrong in general. But as feminine women, there's a stereotype that you're bubbly and you're happy and you're full of life and you just love everyone and you just don't care about anything except being pretty and just, you know, shopping and getting your nails done and all these sort of like womanly things. But true femininity really is a quiet strength. It's a strength that says that I'm going to choose to be this way because this is what the situation calls for. It's not desirable to be a woman who prides himself in any sorts of aggression or just being unkempt and not caring about the way you look and not caring about, you know, how you treat your husband or being able to be submissive and listen and take things into consideration and support other women versus being jealous and spiteful and hating on people. Okay. It doesn't do anything for you, but those things are hard because naturally our natural inclination might be to be argumentative or to be a hater or to be super competitive or to not listen to our husband and to argue and to say things that are rude or demeaning. That might be your natural inclination. That might be your sort of gut reaction. So it requires so much strength for you to truly be able to talk yourself down and get to a place where you can still express yourself as you should, but do so in a way that is loving and caring and find ways to get yourself back into a place of peace and love and support. Now, I know society often talks about feminine women being like doormats. And this can be true in a sense where if you're a person who is so timid or so docile and so fragile that you don't stand up for yourself, that you're not able to speak your mind, then 
yeah, you are being a doormat. And that has nothing to do with being feminine. That's more of a personality trait that you possess because a true feminine woman has boundaries. A true feminine woman knows her worth and won't accept anything from anyone and won't let someone run all over her. A true feminine woman knows how to get her point across or knows how to get what she wants in a way that makes more sense versus maybe being aggressive and argumentative. Maybe she'll do something like make someone dinner or bring someone a gift and then ask a question. Okay. So she'll find ways to get what she wants without doing it the traditional way. Okay. It takes creativity and it takes skill, but being someone who lets anyone do anything to her is not feminine behavior. That really is just a lack of boundaries. And I've done a whole entire series on boundaries. I would love for you to listen to or to watch because that really does break down having boundaries in all areas of your life. I did about seven videos. And if you're able to embrace the idea of having boundaries and you are able to have the strength to stand up for yourself, then you will not feel weak as a feminine woman. You'll feel very empowered and strong. And I know a lot of women, especially in family systems, will try to make other women feel bad for being feminine or for being a little bit more open and empathetic and loving and and make it seem like the only way to be a woman is to be harsh or to prove your point or to snap your neck around and act super aggressive and act like you don't tolerate nothing. You know, all of that can make a lot of us women feel like we're doing something wrong when really they are so intimidated by feminine energy. Feminine energy is very intimidating to a lot of women because it appears as though you are at peace and it allows a person to sort of have this mirror that maybe something is off with them because they're harboring anger or resentment or fear or jealousy. So yes, you will get pushback. You will get people having a certain reaction towards you until, of course, you smile and you embrace them because it's a very disarming energy as well. And it'll allow people to be able to see past your physical beauty into who you are as a woman. So if you are someone who struggles with not wanting to be judged, then just know that you will be judged for anything anyway. People judge you and that's their choice to do so. You can be judged by the way you look, the way you smell, how much money you have, what race you are. You can be judged from how much education you do or don't have. You can be judged for anything. So if you're afraid of being judged, then my dear, you are going to struggle in this life and it'll allow the world to stop you from the things that you want. Being a feminine woman is absolutely necessary to be able to know who you are because God put it inside of you when he made you. And when you operate out of your feminine energy, you're able to be free, you're able to feel at peace, and you're able to get the best out of life. So I hope that was helpful to you and to anyone who may be having a similar experience. I definitely want to hear back from you in terms of starting a channel specifically about this because I get a lot of questions about this, even though my channel has been more focused on femininity. So let me know. And I hope that you're able to follow me on my podcast, A Feminine Impression, for more femininity content and follow my personal page on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Daff. 
I love you all so much. And I thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I will see you in the next video. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye-bye.